Good morning, church family. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to church. Hey, if I haven't met you, my name's Josh. I'm the lead pastor here. And on behalf of our staff, our team, I just want to say welcome home. If I haven't had that opportunity to greet you or get to know you after the service, I'm going to be upstairs drinking some coffee in our cafe. Come up and introduce yourself to me. I would love to connect with you. Hey, we're in a brand new series called I Am. Everybody say, I Am. And today we're in part two. Everybody say, part two. I want to jump right into this today um, because I got a lot to share with you today. John chapter 14, uh, this series we're talking uh, about Jesus. Uh, we're talking about what it means to have a kingdom mindset. And we're looking at the life of Jesus and some statements that he made about himself over the next four weeks that I pray will help you um, not only get a better picture of who Jesus is, but also a better picture of how the kingdom of God works. John chapter 14, verse 1. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'll put it on the screen for you. Out of the New Living Translation, Jesus is having dinner with his disciples. Again, now we know this is the Last Supper, but at the moment, they didn't know this was the Last Supper. And he's having conversations with them about his body being broken. He's having conversations with them about his blood being poured out. He's talking about redemption. He's talking about salvation. And they're, they're tripped out, man. These guys, they don't, they don't really know what's going on. This dinner went from being just a normal dinner to now this is one of those weird dinners. You ever been to one of those dinners? Someone invited you to dinner. You're excited about going. You get there. You open up the door. Man, the, the smell of the cooking hits you in the nose. You're like, this is going to be a good night. Like, you can just smell it. You're like, hey, it's going to be awesome. And you sit down, they pray, and they start serving the food. And then somewhere, a few minutes later, the conversation gets weird. Usually it's about politics or religion. Or it's gossip. And, 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 and in a, just a moment, you're like, this roast beef ain't as good as it smelled. And I love roast beef. It just changed. And I think that's what's happening uh, in this story with the disciples is they're, they're excited to be with Jesus, having a meal together, but the stuff he's saying just is not adding up. And he can see it on their faces in verse 1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He said, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always, everybody say always. You know that when, when you get saved, you've made a, a decision to join Jesus and he's made an agreement with you. He'll be with you always. No matter where you go, no matter what happens to you, no matter what you do, no matter how far you run from God in his plan for your life, he's always gonna be there. I find it humorous that people think, well, when I leave church and I go to my job, God's not there. No, no, he's in you. You're taking him with you. <laughs> when, you're, when you're honking on the interstate and flipping everybody the bird, and tell everybody they're number one, remember in your vehicle, Jesus is right there with you. And some of y'all crazy folks have a sticker on the back of your car that says International Family Church. He's with you always. The good times, the bad times, the low times, the high times, the lean times, the fat times. Somebody needs to hear that today. He's always been with you. He's always going to be with you. 
Always be with me where I am. And, and, and he says in verse 4, and you know the, the way. You know where I'm going, guys. <laughs> no, we don't, said Thomas. We ain't got no clue where you're going. We don't know what you're talking. Who are you right now? So how can we know the way? Verse 6, this is where we're going to land today. Jesus told him, I am the way. I am the true thine. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, I think that's interesting, had you known me, as if the relationship's over, had you known me, you would have known who my Father is. So from now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus say it many times, I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But in this, in this, in this dinner time, he says this phrase, I am. And I talked about it last week. I won't go into it much depth today because you can go back online and watch it. But he said, I am. And basically what he's saying is, I am God. That simple little two-word phrase, I am, that was what set them off because for, for a lot of them, they believed, but they didn't believe. They saw the miracles, but they still had questions. They walked with him, but they weren't sure, like, is he really? And in this moment, he says, I am. And what he's saying to them is, I am, I always was, and I always will be. He's straight up telling them, if you had any questions for the last three and a half years, let me just break it down for you so simple. I am God. I'm his son, came to earth. I'm part of the Trinity. It's me, my dad, and the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk about that phrase, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we're going to talk about the way today. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is forever established, settled, unmovable, unchangeable. Lord, we stand upon your word today and we build a foundation for our life, for our marriage, for our family, for our finances, for our children, for our jobs. Lord, we stand on your word. We look to your word as the stable place in our life. And so, Lord, as we look into your word today, we ask you for revelation knowledge. We ask you to show us who we are and show us who you are. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen, amen. This, this last weekend, uh, on Thursday night, about 30, 35 men from IFC, we drove up to, to northern New Hampshire to go to what's called the Warrior Conference. And, and we gathered together, uh, about 35 of us from this house, we joined with 30 other churches and we worshiped God uh, for three days with about 600 other men in a hockey arena that was sweaty and stinky. And I got to tell you, like, we had the best time. If you're, if you're a man in this church and you haven't yet connected, um, there's so many great, amazing men here. Uh, you need to get a part of our life group. You need to get on a team. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at the connections that are made through little events like this where we go and we just get away for a couple days. You ever gone somewhere with a group of people and came home like, man, we're family now? That, that kind of happened this weekend with our guys. We went away. A lot of us not knowing each other very deeply, but coming home like, man, we did something together. Man, God showed up in our life together. This weekend was a powerful event. And the thing that I love about um, this is my fifth year to go to the Warrior Conference and our fourth year to take guys from the church. I, I love um, all the different variations of what guys want to do. And so I don't know about ladies, you know, what y'all do at women's conventions. I, I have no clue. I would assume there's, there's, there's makeup stuff and spa stuff and 
hot tubs and chocolates and champagne, and I'm sure it's all those spa kind of things. But at the men's conference, we do like manly stuff. Like we like to get dirty. There was, there was guys taking hikes and hiking up the mountains. Uh, there was guys that were, that were playing cornhole and basketball and, and all that. And then there was guys that just like to drink coffee and they're sitting on the porch. And, and again, I, I have a group of guys that I like because they, they like to ride motorcycles. Everything back in my life, just so you know, points back to, to antiques, Jesus, motorcycles, and coffee. And that's really all I need. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be okay. And, and, and so f- about five of us took off on Thursday afternoon and rode our bikes up to, up to Lincoln, New Hampshire, and then we pulled into Waterville Valley where the conference was, and we had, we had an evening service there, and, and it was great, amazing preaching, uh, just fired up and fueled up, but that next morning we got up, and we had coffee with some of the guys, went to the morning session, and, and then and I told the guys, they're going to do a big lunch for all the men afterwards, let's skip lunch and let's get on the road, let's go ride. And so we gathered together, uh, and, and, and we prayed, we put our gear on, started the bikes up, and then someone said, well, wh- where are we going? And I said, we're going riding. What are you talking about? We're, we're going riding. We're going to the Kangamangas Highway. Anybody been to the Kangamangas Highway? It, it's like, it's, it's epic on a motorcycle. I said, we're, we're, we're going to the Kangamangas Highway. And one of the guys said, I know where we're going, but, but how are we going to get there? I'm like, dummy, we are motorcycles. We're going to get on the interstate and we're going to drive to the Kangamangas Highway. And one of the guys said to me, well, do you know the way? And I said, yes. We wrote it last year. Remember, you were with us. And they said, yes, we were with you last year. But, but do you know what exit it is? And I'm thinking, no, I don't have any clue what exit it is. Matthew Scott was the leader last week, last year. He's not with us this time. And, and I'm looking around and, and someone says, well, it's just a couple exits up. If we just go down here and we get on 93, we go up a couple exits, we'll see the sign for Lincoln and surely there'll be a sign for the Kangamangas. And, and I'm like, yes, I'm one of those uh, ready, fire, aim guys. Like, let's just go. <laughs> let's just get on the bikes and we will find it. And there's other people that aren't so advantageous. How many miles is it? How fast are we going to ride? Are you going in first? Or are you going to be in the second position? Who's riding in the th- who's Who's going to? And then I love those guys, and I don't like those guys at the same time. Because there's something about adventure that said, dude, let's just get on the road, and we will figure it out. We will find our way. And guess what? We found our way to the Kangamangas, and we had a blast. We, we rode it backwards this year, and then we got up into North Conway, and we stopped at the Harley-Davidson dealership to pay homage to the Lord of the Harleys. <laughs> and we got off, and, and we bought T-shirts, and we're getting in, and then someone said, now, now where are we going? And I'm like, I'm hungry. And Mo said, I'm, I'm hungry, Pastor. It's, it's 1.30, let's eat. And someone said, well, let's go to the Flatbread Pizza Company. And I said, that sounds like the Lord talking right now. That was a prophetic word for this moment. And then someone says, well, do you know how to get there? And I said, yes, we just, we just go straight down through North Conway, and it's going to be on the left. And someone said, well, how far down the left? And I started revving the motorcycle. I said, I can't hear you. Let's just go. Let's just get on the road. 
And you know what? You get driving and you get into North Conway and there's traffic and people and, and it's 75 degrees. It's like, Lord, this is a perfect day. And then, and then I realized we're about to pass it. So we pulled in, we had some pizza and then here we go again. We get back on the bikes and someone said, Ooh, which way are we going to go now? And we had all agreed at lunch, we're going to go to the Mount Washington Hotel. We're going to drive all the way across, past Atatash Mountain, past Bretton Woods, and we're going to arrive at, 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 the, at the Omni Hotel there. We want to walk out and look on the, the deck. If you've never been there, you need to make a trip up to the White Mountains. And, 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 we, get on, and we get there, and, and everything's fine, and we're walking around hanging out, and then, and then the, the question comes up again. Now, which way are we going? Where are we going now? What do you want to do? And, and, and I as the leader just said, what if we just turned around and went back and just did the whole thing backwards? And Mo was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. And then some of the guys started saying again, so, so which way are we going? <laughs> Ladies, you ever been in the car with a guy who had a destination in mind, but two hours later, you still haven't arrived there because his idea changed 15 times? I tell people all the time, never get in the car with my brother Joey because he may say something like, hey, let's go up to the mountains and let's have dinner at Lake Winnipesaukee. And I'm like, let's do that. That sounds amazing. And I get in the car with Joey and we start driving up 93 to Lake Winnipesaukee and halfway there we get to Manchester and he's like, you know, wait, 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 wait. And I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, well, we don't need to go to Lake Winnipesaukee. We're, we're already halfway there. We could, we could go all the way up and we, we could have dinner at the Mount Washington. And I'm like, okay, that's another hour and a half. Well, yeah, we could do that. And halfway to the Mount Washington, he turns around. He's like, dude, you realize we're only three hours from Quebec, right? And I'm like, Joey, we've been driving for three hours. I'm starving right now. And he'll convince you that Quebec is a great idea. You know, there's so many people that have their way of doing things. And there's, there's so many people that, that get lost in life because they've chosen the path that they think is the best, but it really isn't the best. How many of your wives have been in the car and, and, and your husband says, we're going to go to such and such, and then they make the wrong turn and you, you want to say something, but you don't because you know it's going to invoke a reaction? And you're like, baby, you, you, you said we were going to such and such. We are. <laughs> well, you just missed the exit. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't miss the exit. We're going we're gonna to go down one more and we're going we're gonna to turn around. I was just checking the tires, make sure everything's safe. Y'all are laughing because you've been there. We all have different ways we want to go, but we all have different methods on how we think we should get there. We are all created and crafted uniquely. Everybody say, I'm unique. Turn to your neighbor and say, that just means you're special. And G, turn to your other day and say, Jesus still loves you. We, we all have ways of getting things done. We all have ways of getting to places and destinations in our life. And it's based on our past experiences, good or bad. It's based on opinions of people around you, good and bad. It's based on some, for some of us, the leading of the Holy Spirit or bad pizza. <laughs> Every one of us has a different way to get different places. And I want to talk for a few minutes this morning about what it means to have a kingdom mindset versus a humanistic mindset or a worldly mindset or a godless mindset. And I want to say at the very beginning of this message, you and I, those that know Christ, those that we, we've made him the Lord of our life, there is a way 
for us to do this life. And for those that don't know Christ, you are still trying to find your way to do this life. Listen to this. The world always tries to tell us there's many ways or roads to reach God. You can turn on any channel on the TV, any talk show, any reality show, and at some point through that show, that TV station, that news report, it's going to go back to, man, there's plenty of ways for all of us to reach God. And here's a few of them. All you got to do is go to church. You ever heard that before? Hey, you want to reach God, just go to church. How about this one? You, you don't even have to go to church. You just need to be a good person. I've heard that one before. Oh, if you're just good, I mean, just be good. Just do good things for people. Live a good life. How about this one? Think good thoughts. How about this one? Spread good vibes. I hear that one all the time. Oh, man, the, the vibes, the vibes. Listen, that's the world's way of doing things. They give you a list of do's and don'ts. Hey, if you want to reach God, you want to reach heaven, don't do this. Don't go there. Don't date them. Don't wear this. And then there's a list of do's. Well, you got to do this. You got to wear that. You got to hang out with them. You got to say this. You got to get one of those huge green Bibles and lug it under your arm. And then there's others that say, oh man, all religions point to God. Whether you're Buddhist, whether you're Hindu, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, insert any religion. Guess what? It's, it's a universal God and we can all find him. The further I go up into northern New Hampshire, I find people in the woods just walking around. Mother Earth, they're looking in nature for their connection with God. And really, they just fell off the trail and they're lost. <laughs> but they want to sound profound. I'm not lost. I'm just wandering. <laughs> they say there's lots of directions to reach heaven. This is what the world says. Here's one that I hear lately. Just do whatever makes you feel best. You got to do you, man. Everybody else is doing their thing. You got to follow your inner heart. You got to follow the inner voice. You've got to be true to yourself. You ever heard this stuff before? Whatever feels best. Listen to this one. Do whatever is right in your own eyes. That's the world's mindset for, for living and attaining God's plan for their life or reaching heaven or connecting with God, period. But Proverbs 14, 12 says it a little bit different. I want to give you a little bit of a perspective shift because the world's saying, do whatever makes you feel good, have fun, go for it. Proverbs 14, he says, there is a way. Say a way. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is the way of death. Can I just tell you, you're not smart enough to find your own way on your own. I love you. I'm from Alabama. We get lost a lot. Okay, they created GPS for people from Alabama. We need somebody talking to us in the car constantly. Take a left turn, take a right, park here. You left your car there. You left your kids there. <laughs> I just want to just be real with you. And if you're honest with yourself, you realize that, that there is a greater power and that you're never going to find your way on your own. And for anybody out there, I, I don't want to offend you. You're just lost. 
and you're deceived to think that you could find your way to God the creator on your own. He says that way, a man's way always ends in death. The world says the road is wide open. Take whichever lane you want. You get to choose the path which is right for you which will lead you to God. That's what the world says. But the Bible says something very different in Matthew chapter seven. Listen to this. He says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and there are many who go in by it. The world wants to say, choose your own way, man. Get your own lane. Stay out of my lane." Don't impose your beliefs on me. I got my own belief system. I'm trucking along. You stay there. I'll stay here. You stay here. And guess what? We'll all arrive at some time with God. And he goes on to say just the opposite. No, no, no. It's not a wide road. This isn't Houston traffic. There's not eight lanes on each side. You don't get to pick the speed limit. You don't get to pick the track. I've ordained a purpose for you. I have picked a track. I have picked a lane. I have picked a destination. I've picked a process. I've created a journey for you to grow in your faith and arrive at eternity through Jesus. And guess what? It's a narrow gate. Jesus didn't tell the disciples about the way. He didn't show them the way or guide them along the way. In this verse that we looked at at the very beginning, he said, I am the way. How do we get to heaven? Through Jesus. How do we live a successful life? Through Christ. How do we have successful biblical marriages? By Christ. Through Christ. How do we get out of debt in this mess that we've created ourselves with financial uh, spending? We do it through Christ. How do we raise godly kids in the godless world? Through Christ. In him, the great I am. Listen to this. I want to talk just for a few minutes about this word, I am and and the way. And and I say this to you so you can hear me and write it down. Basically, people are looking for three things. If you're taking notes and you should be. Number one, they're looking for some direction. The, the, the main conversations that I have with people, it usually comes down to they need direction. They need to know how to get somewhere. They're stuck. The second thing that people or humanity is looking for is they're looking for something that's real. Look at something that's, that's real. It's authentic. Yes, so many phony, so many fake stuff. So much misconception happening. People want something that's real. They're tired of the nonsense of fake religion. They're looking for something that's real. So number one, direction. Number two, something that's real. And number three, they're looking for something that will last. Something that will last. So I don't know about you, but when I was in the world doing worldly things, I had a lot of fun. Partying my guts out. But it was only fun while we were partying that next day. Oh, I regretted every bit of it. Just, Just me. Y'all, y'all never went out and acted stupid. Y'all never did things out of the flesh and thought, man, this is the time of my life. And then the next morning you wake up and you're like, thank God that's over. <laughs> you're looking for something that's going to last, a real joy, a, 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 a real high, a real peace, a, 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 a real clarity. Like, like people are looking for that. And so let's talk about this because everyone needs those three things. They need direction, the way. They need something that's real, the truth. 
And they need something that will last forever, eternal life. And Jesus said, I'm all three of them. The three things you need, the three things you want, the three things you desire, I got it all, baby. I am the way, I am the truth, and I give you everlasting life that you couldn't even dream about. Everyone needs direction in their life, but how we get our direction is different than those that don't know Christ. Look at this, Romans chapter 12. I like this out of the J.B. Phillips translation. He says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good. It meets all of his demands and moves towards the goal of true maturity. Don't let the world mold you into their way of thinking, their system, their beliefs, their ideologies, their lostness. But he says, let God remold you. Remold what? He's talking about your thinking. Everybody say, my thinker. He's talking about reminding who you are in Christ. Remold yourself through the word of God. And here's the truth. If you don't remold yourself, the world will mold you. This is why I'm so big about parents watching what we're kids are watching on social media and who your kids hang out with and, and where they're going and what they're doing. Because all along, every moment of the day, the enemy, if I say the enemy, is seeking your children for dinner. He's looking for gullible, naive children, young adults, people that don't have an anchor, that don't have a foundation of the word, that don't have an understanding of the great I am. And when somebody else tells them, hey, you don't have to do that. This is actually an easier way. This is actually a smoother way. This is actually the way. He's saying, retrain yourselves. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold, but let God remold you. Renewing your mind is what he's talking about. Everybody say, renew your mind. What does it mean to renew your mind? It means to make it new again. When you were born again, your mind was recreated. Your spirit was recreated. You are a different person, the Bible says. But here's the thing. You could be recreated in one day and the next day feel the squeeze of the world again. You, you could get in the baptism tank and go down with Christ and come up with Christ. And guess what? You're pumped, you're fired up, and you go back to work on Monday morning. And the world around you tries to tell you who you are, who you're not, where you should go, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. They have an opinion about everything. We renew our minds in Christ. How do you, uh, this is in my house, how do you renew your mind? You, you read the word. First, you put it in your eyes. When was the last time you opened the good book? When was the last time you opened the Bible and it said, Lord, speak to me today. I need my mind recreated. I've been having some crazy thoughts. I've been thinking some silly stuff and I know it's not you because it's bringing fear. It's bringing anxiety. It's bringing pressure. And I feel like I'm in the squeeze right now. Lord, take me, show me your way. And when you open the book, guess what? You're in touch with the way maker. Listen to me. Jesus and his word are the same. I never seen Jesus. You see him every day when we open that book. John says he is the word. 
The word and Christ are similar. They're the same. You can't separate. So when we get in the word, guess what? You're meeting the way. How often do we renew our minds? Uh, As often as it takes. (laughs) Some of it's daily. And then that leads to weekly, and then it leads to monthly, and then you go back and you're like, man, I've I've been in this book for a solid year. That drum I had last year, it feels like it's gone. Those thoughts, those insecurities, those pains, those things, they feel like they've been removed. I actually feel like I'm moving along in my way. What is it? You've taken time to renew. Here's the first thing you do. You put it in your eyes to renew your, your mind now. You put it in your mouth. Put the word in your eyes, read it, and then go back and say it out loud. I like to take the verses uh, and make them personal to me. So I'll read the scriptures with my eyes, and then I'll say it out loud over and over. I'll read it out loud. I'll read it out loud. I'll read it out loud. I'll read it out loud, the same scripture over and over and over and over and over. And then after I've read it over and over, they call that meditating, by the way. And then, and then what I do is I change it first person. And I put myself in the scripture and I make it a declaration over my life. Why am I doing that? I want my mind to hear what my mouth is saying out of my heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do you hear the word of God? Well, we go to church and you preach to us. That's only one way and that's only for six more minutes on a Sunday. What about the rest of the week? What is your spirit hearing? What is your mind hearing? Because I know you're scrolling. How many of you get in bed and the last thing you do before is like, I'll just look one more time. (laughs) And then you realize, wait a second, I was just scrolling about 10 minutes ago before I brushed my teeth. It's all the same feed. Guess what? It's pumping stuff in your mind, in your thoughts, in your life. It's the same way with the word. Today I want to talk just for five minutes. I got five minutes of it. took up too much time. Three, three thoughts about Jesus being the way. You ready for this? Number one, many people lose their way because they won't stop and ask for directions. All the men are guilty of this, by the way. We'll figure it out, honey. We'll get to the next exit, and then I'll ask that dude on the side of the road. We're going to get there. Don't worry about it. That's how a lot of people live their life. They lose their way. They lose Jesus. They lose the way in their life because they've stopped inviting him to give them direction. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your your ways, submit to him and he'll make your path straight. Let me ask you this. When was the last time you stopped and asked Jesus for direction? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just like being real. Like if you're stuck, stop and ask the way. Which way to go now? Which step to take now? Which way to do this? Which way not to do that? Invite the way maker back into a relationship where he has voice into your life. And let me just say it to you as he said it in Proverbs. Stop relying on your own wisdom. You ain't that smart. For all you single people, you're going to ask a million questions about getting married and what about this and what about this guy? What about this girl? Ask the guy that created that person. Not your best friend who's already been divorced twice. And I'm not knocking divorce. I believe God's got redemption. But why not go to the word and get the source for the guy that created marriage? Get off that. How about this one? Why are we asking people what to do with our money who are broke? Why are you asking people financial advice 
who are tens of thousands of dollars in debt and continuing to spend on a regular. When we follow the way, we lean not to our own understanding or somebody else's understanding who wants to pile it on you because their way worked for them. Let me say this to you. You're so unique. No one else's way will work for you. No one else's way will work for you. He's the way for you. I love getting marriage advice, but my marriage is different than yours. I ain't married to your wife. Your wife ain't married to me. I'm crazy. Pray for my wife. There's something about getting godly wisdom, but then taking it back to the source and running it by the way. Giving him wisdom, giving him the authority and submitting to him. And listen, when was the last time you submitted your ways to him? You submitted your ways. Lord, I'm doing, a lot of people, they inform the Lord. I'm doing this. You good? All right, I'm doing it. What? Hey, I'm, 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 I'm going to make this investment. I, I, this seems like a good deal. You know, all I got to do is get two and get two, and they're going to get two and two. And this triangle's going to form, and I'm going to be a millionaire overnight. Lord, I'm doing it. Hold on a second. Why don't we ask the Lord? When was the last time you gave the Lord voice into your life? Acknowledge the way. Number two, following, following Jesus is not the easiest route. This is one of the hardest lessons I've learned at 47. I'm just figuring out my life has been abstra- uh, astronomically difficult ever since I said yes to Jesus. For some of us, we think that, oh man, if I give my heart to Jesus, it'd be so much easier, smoother. I'm gonna have the way maker part the waters. I'm gonna walk through on dry ground. I, I love that story. That just wasn't my story. I got in the water and it felt like I got overwhelmed. I, I, got, I got out in the water and began to, to walk the trail that God had for me in my life. And it felt like there was stuff coming to me from the left and right on my path day in, day out. I thought, man, I'm going to be free from these crazy thoughts. And the day that I said yes to the Lord, guess what? My mind started reeling and racing at another level that I had never experienced. My life has not been easy. And here's the thing, I never signed up for easy. When you signed up to, to let Jesus be the Lord and Savior of life, let me say this, you didn't sign up for easy, you signed up for a challenge. Listen, that requires two things, faith and patience. We, we preach this all the time. Oh man, if you just get Jesus, everything's gonna be hunky-dory. That's not the truth. You just waved the flag to the enemy saying, I'm coming for you. And he saw you and he's waving a flag back and said, I see you too, man. <laughs> oh, you're going to do that Jesus thing? I got you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll see how this goes. And most people don't understand that it's a difficult, it's a narrow road. Most people won't follow Christ because it's not easy. I was thinking back in 1999, I resurrendered my life to the Lord again. After many, many different times of resubmitting my life to the Lord, and I went to Bible school and graduated, and I committed my life to go to the mission field and to take others like yourselves to foreign nations and expose them to, to what's going on in the world. And, and I'll be honest with you, that journey was not what I thought it would be. I left Bible school and immediately thought I would go to the mission field, and nobody wanted me to come. So what I do, you, you 
go home. And I moved back to Mobile, Alabama, and I was there for a short time working at my father's church. And, and then an opportunity came, and it was just six months later, I was moving, I was living in Oaxaca, Mexico. And then just a short time after that, I'm leaving Oaxaca, and I'm, and I'm going back to Mobile again for the next step. And then I get to Mobile, and the Lord said, I want you to go back to Tulsa. And I said, Lord, this is ridiculous. I've already lived in Tulsa four times. I went to Oral Roberts University. I went to, to, to Raymond Bible Training Center. And he said, now I want you to go to DeMotta School of Missions. I said, I just got home from the mission field. Now you want me to go to mission school? And then I go to mission school. And then two years later, the Lord says, I want you to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. And I was a youth pastor there for two years. And from there, then he took me to, to New Braunfels, Texas. And then from there, I went, guess where I went? I went back to Tulsa again. Seven times. And then from there, the call came to go to California. And for nine and a half years, I lived in Marietta. Then I moved to Oceanside. Then I moved back to Marietta. Lord, what gives? I just want to stay in one spot, man. And then from there, guess what? The Lord calls me to go back to Mobile. And then from Mobile, he says something crazy. I think you need to go to Boston. And I said, you're insane. It snows up there. My wife ain't going to go for that. There's not a palm tree near that whole area. We like sunshine. We like sand. And we like being with our family. And the Lord said, did you sign up for easy? Or did you sign up for the reward that comes to those that are patiently faithful? Following Jesus is never a shortcut. It's following Jesus. You need to understand you're on a journey. And it requires tenacity and perseverance. Here's a piece of wisdom for you. Stop complaining about the difficulties and start rejoicing over the opportunities. If you're going to follow the way, thank him every day for it. Lord, this totally sucks right now. And this life you've called to me, I, I, I'm ready to quit. You didn't tell me it was going to be hard. You didn't tell me I was going to deal with crazy people. You didn't tell me I was going to have these emotions. You didn't tell, people, tell me that people would be angry at me for following God's plan. I didn't know there was going to be persecution. But I say yes again today. And Lord, I'll be patiently waiting in faith that you are doing a good work in me and I'm right on track with your plan. Every day you get up and it's hard, thank him for the hardness. Lord, thank you for trusting me. Thank you for this difficult route that you put on me because I know greater is he that lives on the inside of me than he that lives in the world. And I'd much rather walk the difficult road with you the way than to be on the easy road with everybody else without you. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. And the last one is this. When we do life God's way, we get God's results. When you choose to follow the way, there's rewards and blessings that nobody else gets. I know I'm over my time, but I just want you to hang for a couple more minutes. There's a reward in doing what God asks us to do when he asks us to do it. I remember being a part of a, a church in California. We were a church plant. We met in a middle school. And every morning, as Friday, as every Sunday morning at 4 a.m., I'd meet a group of guys, and we had two 24-foot trucks. 
And in those two 24-foot trucks was every stick of furniture that the church owned, every sound piece, every podium, every monitor, every guitar, every light. And, and at 4 a.m., about 25 of us would show up and we'd open those big old doors and we're tired and we're drinking gallons of coffee and we're going to do set-up church. And I remember being a part, like I was so fired up to go that first time. I was like, I'm part of the setup team. It's going to be awesome. Let's do this. You walk in, you start pumping out some chairs and throwing some cafe equipment, the sound equipment of those guys. And man, you see the guys taking stuff. And, and over the course of two or three hours, man, the stage comes alive, the lights come on, kids' classrooms are set up. And, and it's like, man, we're doing this. Like, this is amazing. And people would come in and give their hearts to the Lord and they leave and say, this is the most powerful thing I've ever been a part of. And we high five each other. And then after church, we'd shoo everybody out. And guess what? We'd tear it all down. Every chair, every toy, every microphone, every cable, every bottle of water, every modesty cloth. Y'all remember those? We put that stuff away and we do this week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out. And, and, and I loved it because I felt like I was getting to some, do something that, that everybody else said, I ain't getting up too early. That's, that, that way seems hard. As I wasn't born for easy. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, like uh, month after month, the guys would get worn out. And you'd text them, it's 405, where are you dudes at? Let's go. We got kids' classrooms and stuff. Oh, oh, I totally forgot, man. I'll, I'll be there in a little while. <laughs> Stay home. And we'd rally the troops, and there would be six of us that week, and it'd take us long, but we would all acknowledge each other, and we got to do the hard work today. Everybody else slept in and did their thing. We came early. There's a blessing. And then I remember the day we got our building. I'll never forget it. We got a building, a beautiful building like this, and we didn't have to set up chairs anymore. Those two trucks, we sold the trucks. The massive generator that we used to pull behind that thing to hook up all the lights, we got rid of it, we sold it, and there was no more kids' classrooms to set up. And, 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 and then that first week, we moved into that building, I saw the setup of Teardown guys like, what am I going to do now? That was my jam. This was my crew. These are my boys. This is what we do. And, and I realized that those guys got a blessing and I was part of that got a blessing that nobody else got to be a part of and when that day was over and we got our building we all had to reassimilate and find new teams to get on and find out where the blessing was going to be can I say this to you there's some assignments that not everybody's going to say yes to because they're too difficult they're too hard they require too much energy and effort you have to come early you got to stay late you got to go above and beyond and, and I'll be honest with you not everybody's cut out for that but for those of us that are you need to know there's a special blessing on you in that moment in that season and you need to see it as a season. I would tell those set up and tear down guys, there will come a day where God will bless us with a building and we will not have this opportunity to sow this seed, to sow this time again. So let's suck it up, man. Let's do it with all of our hearts. There's a blessing that comes with a hard assignment. For Naaman, the man with leprosy, he wanted the prophet to come out and wave his hand over him. Yada yada do ba do ba do what he said in 2 Kings 5. I thought he'd just come out and wave some special wand, shed his good vibes on me, and my skin would be healed. And he said, you're crazy. 
you're crazy. But here's what I will tell you, is that if you'll go dunk in that river seven times, you'll have skin that's brand new like a baby. Pfft, I ain't doing that. And Naaman almost missed his blessing because he marched back to the palace where things were comfortable and started complaining. And it was his servant that said, what is wrong with you, man? You've been scratching and itching, your ears falling off, you got half a lip hanging off. You look like a hot mess right now. And as long as I've been serving you, you've been complaining about this itchy, scratchy stuff and you're about to go down, dude. Like, just, just go to the river. It's not that difficult. Sometimes you need somebody in your life to just talk you straight back to the path that God called you on. We get in our head and we start yakking and talking. Listen to me. You've got to get around some people who refuse to let you stay stuck and point you back to the way again. And he got a good pep talk and he went down and he dunked seven times. Seven times. He went down and dipped himself seven times and he became pure and clean. His skin became soft like the skin of a baby. Amen. What's God asked you to do? What path has he put you on? Think about the children of Israel. In Joshua chapter 6, it says, On the second day they marched around the city once. And they returned to camp and they did this for six days. Go do your homework. On the seventh day, they marched around one more time. And the Bible says that the land opened up and it ate those walls up. Sucked them up and they went in and took Jericho. What blessings has God promised you? What promises have you found in his word? They're all connected to the way. Here's my final verse for you. I went way too long. Isaiah 119. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. That's God's promise to following the way. What Christ has called you to do is not easy, it's not comfortable, and there's no guarantee it's gonna make you a millionaire. But when you put Christ as the way in front of you, and you choose to follow him in your marriage with your kids and your family and your job and where you go and what you do and how you live and how you talk and how you breathe and how you walk this life out. There's a blessing to it. And the blessing is this, it's eternal life with him. It's a privilege to do what we do down here. This is an assignment. Maybe you've never viewed that Maybe you've never viewed life that way. And this is a new perspective. This is an assignment. You were born and created with a purpose on this planet for the 83 years you're going to live here, give or take. And then we graduate the assignment and we're going to go have a party. And we're going to go rejoice. And we're going to go see our family and our friends. And we're going to live with him for eternity. That's the way of Christ. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ. You don't know the way. Jesus is the way. All across this room, you say, man, you're talking to me today. I do feel lost. I don't, I don't know my way. In fact, I, if I was honest, I've been making my own way. I, I, got, I got some ideas. I got some thoughts, but mm, I'm stuck. I would ask you today, why wouldn't you accept Christ as your Lord? Why wouldn't you make him the way? Why wouldn't you make him your focus? So that you can know, while you're living here, this ain't my home. I'm just passing through. And one day I will step over into eternity and I'll be with Jesus forever. 
with your heads bowed and your eyes closed all across this room and even those watching online if that's you and you need Jesus in your life it's so simple he says it in the word if you just call out to me I'll meet you right where you are if you're here today and you say I need Jesus in my life pastor would you pray for me would you just put your hand up and put it right back down just wave it at me say pastor pray for me I need Jesus today anybody at all, you say, Pastor, I, I, need, I need the way. I, I need the truth. I need the life. I see you. Yes. I need Jesus in my life. I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I simply want to pray for you. In fact, we're all going to pray this prayer together. Maybe you're online and you say, I need the way. I need, I need the, the way. Let them know in the chat box. Say, somebody pray with me. I, I, want, I want to pray Jesus as the way of my life. Anybody else want to join these amazing people? Just wave your hand at me. Say, Pastor, pray for me. I see you. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes, ma'am. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yes, sir. It's amazing. Anybody else? Last call. Say, pray for me. I got you. So many hands going up today. Would you pray this prayer with me? Out of your heart, the Bible says, if you confess Jesus out of your heart, believe that Jesus in your heart and confess him with your mouth. You believe that he died and he rose again. The Bible says you shall be saved. So let's do that together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, today I declare Jesus as the Lord of my life. I believe that he died for me, that he paid for my sins, and that he was resurrected pulled out of that tomb and set right with you so that I could be set right with you. So today, I choose him, the great I am, the way. Lord, help me today. Show me your way and your plan for my life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.